0: You're kind of relying or hoping on the fact that they're going to have some inspiration to share with you that is more than just their own experience and their own views. And I would say the caveat with that is that we also know that they're men and that
1: they can be led astray and not, you know, have all of the answers. Yeah.
0: And also what a tremendous amount of pressure is put on the people that are placed in those callings
1: All right, here we are, <laughs> ready to record.
2: I wonder if we could leave that long pause at the beginning.
1: I couldn't stand the silence anymore.
2: <laughs> you couldn't? No. Why not?
0: I'm Jessica's sick of starting it out, wanted one of us too.
2: Oh, hey, do we want to read a review to start with?
0: I would love to.
2: We got a new review that I think you guys will enjoy. I'm going to pull it up.
1: You're going to pull it up and I you want me to read it?
2: Yeah, I think that would be amazing since you, Matt, are the official review reader. There you go.
1: Okay, thank you. Oh, this is a long one. Okay, this review is titled 54 Days, Five Stars. Nice. <laughs> and it's a long one. All right, here we go.
0: 54 Days Ago, I Listened to Jessica... Steve, are you listening? I'm listening. <laughs> I'm also looking for a message that I thought I might share.
2: Oh, perfect.
0: Can't find it though.
1: Uh, 54 days ago, I listened to Jessica on questions from the closet. 54 days ago, I started listening to a husband-in-law. 54 days since I have had a conversation with my husband without an AirPod in my ear. (laughs) No, but for reals. Uh, I don't know if I should commend you on that or maybe you should go to counseling. Anyway. (laughs) On episode 80 and have thoroughly enjoyed the real way you all tackle the tough things. I have found myself laughing out loud, shedding a few tears, and counting down the minutes to when I can listen to the next one. Not sure what I'm going to do when I get caught up and have to wait a week. Thank you for being open and vulnerable and such great storytellers. Can we be friends? Dot, Mm -hmm. dot, dot. Thinking about moving to Idaho and getting a job at ShipZoom.
2: (laughs) We'll take
1: it. <laughs> nice. You start tomorrow. <laughs> yeah.
2: That's the part I knew you guys would enjoy. Just <laughs> yeah. go ahead and send
1: over your uh, tax information. We get you signed up.
2: <laughs> people are going to start applying for jobs at ShipZoom <laughs> via the podcast. <laughs> That's, That's awesome.
0: Honey.
2: Thank you so much for the review and the rating. We really appreciate it and it helps other people find our podcast. We're glad you're enjoying the pod.
0: One of these days, I want to binge listen to our podcast.
2: You're going to binge listen to it?
0: I just want to know what it would be like to listen to all these back to back.
2: I think it's weird listening to it, like binging our own podcast, just because hearing my own voice that much, it's like, whoa, it's weird.
0: What about your laugh?
2: (laughs) And my laugh. (laughs) Both my laugh and I do. You know, it's funny. You did a good good. job. It was pretty good. Both my laugh and my voice, I've always been like slightly self conscious of. Not like really. Obviously, not very much because I host a podcast.
0: I think she's over it, folks. All right. But several people have told me that. Their favorite part mm-hmm. about our podcast is your laugh.
2: Oh, that makes me <laughs> especially
0: because they're usually listening to it in like one point four or one point five. Oh, and it sounds speed. hilarious.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what was that, Matt?
1: <laughs> you tried to speed it, speed your <laughs> laugh up as if we were listening to one point four. So I know now it's
0: going to be
2: really listening fast. to one
1: point seven. It will go real
2: fast.
1: <laughs>
0: I'm like a chipmunk.
2: You're welcome. Yeah. You are welcome. <laughs>
0: I enjoyed that day a couple weeks ago when you when you gave me that homework, Jessica, uh-huh. You gave me like six episodes to listen to to like prompt yeah. ideas for untold stories. And I was like, I was working in the yard doing some stuff and listening to that many podcasts. And then I was like, this gives me a little bit of a feel like what, yeah, what it's like. Yeah, well, yeah. I, and
1: I would liken it to almost like going back and reading some of your journal from right. past times. And
0: I mean, it's just in podcast version. Right. And some of these were two years ago, so I don't even remember all the details of what we recorded or whatever, but oh my I goodness. enjoyed it. I was like, huh, that's a good podcast. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think sometimes when you hear yourself say something, it sinks in like, oh, Yeah.
0: I did learn that. I
2: did learn that, or it was a good, mm-hmm. I don't know. That that's, is how I That's felt. what
0: I needed to hear today. Yeah. I love it when I give myself the right <laughs> advice.
2: <laughs> so we were just eating lunch together, and I told the guys that a podcast that I'm on just dropped today, so a different one. And it's funny because at the end of that, we were talking about how weird it is to go back and listen to your own podcast and sometimes feel inspired by something you said. And mm. I was like, oh my gosh, did I just sound totally cocky and arrogant when i said that (laughs) (laughs) but there is like it's not that i think i said something amazing it just hits right Mm -hmm. coming i don't know (laughs) and it depends who's interviewing you i feel like when people interview you they get things out of you that you're like oh oh i felt that but i'd never put it into words before Hmm. so there's some of that therapy there you go therapy (laughs) were you gonna say something matt no 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 nothing i don't think so all right. I feel like I was going to say something else about, remember? Steve and I pennies. just had a heart-to-heart
0: oh, at work. We did. You
2: did? Yeah. Did you guys give each other a hug?
0: No, not yet.
2: <laughs> Does there <laughs> need to be a hug?
0: Me- metaphorical hug. Yeah, m- maybe.
1: <laughs> maybe so.
0: Work's been no, tense lately. Yeah, it has.
1: And, uh high stress levels. On that note, Steve has hit his year mark of being with ship wow mm-hmm. and it's been one year and it's completely flown by in my eyes i don't know if it's mm-hmm. dragged <laughs> along for you <each laughs> the...
0: <laughs> flown by and dragged simultaneously <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah so we were just reflecting on that and just discussing this yeah talking about where we
0: were now where we are now versus a year ago
2: i can't believe it's been a year
0: it's been a year
2: People always ask, oh, how is it with Steve working at ShipZoom? And I feel like it's still a new thing. Well, I think we're filling it out. They're filling it out. (laughs) I'm not there. (laughs) (laughs) I just show up to work every once in a while. Steve,
1: do you feel like it's a new thing still?
0: No, this is... It's it's been a year. Yeah. No. I quit being a new thing a while ago.
2: Your shirt matches your hair, Steve. Does it? Yeah. You're so coordinated. So coordinated. So stylish.
0: So it was Penny's birthday this weekend.
2: Yeah, we oh, yeah, Penny's birthday. That was fun.
0: She is very obsessed with fidgets right now. Really? Maybe, maybe you didn't know. <laughs> yeah, that's all she got for her birthday. It's all fidgets. she wanted fidgets, pawn fidgets, pawn fidgets.
2: She got other stuff.
1: Oh yeah, she did get Hamilton tickets that she your dad
2: spilled, spilled the beans sp- on. <laughs> no surprise. we well, dropped
1: drop the beans as you. S- yes, dropped I, the, I one of the other podcasts. The
0: beans. <laughs> <laughs> Freaking <And> dropped it. <laughs> well, did they spill? No, just dropped. She and I went to the Hamilton Theater in LA because we did that LA trip, Harry Potter World. That's fun. And she wanted to see Lynn Manuel, whatever his name is. What's his name? From You're Hamilton. right. But he has another last name. I don't remember. Lynn Manuel, something. Sanders. Maybe. But no. You
2: have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> so we
0: saw his we saw his star on Hollywood Boulevard outside the Hamilton Theater. Penny was stoked about that. It's so fun. We went to every. I swear we looked at every fidget in L.A. Every store that has fidgets, <laughs> we shopped there.
2: Way to be a good dad.
0: Can I ask where the obsession of fidgets came
1: from?
2: I have no clue. And I don't how, either.
0: How it came about? I, I think feel, it actually I,
2: started at school.
0: I because saw her fidgets. with her first one, I don't know, six months ago, eight months ago, mm-hmm. it looked like an Eggo waffle. And I'm like, what in the world is this rainbow colored Eggo waffle? And she's like, it's a poppet, daddy. It helps with my anxiety. My anxiety? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, well, you just can like, it just allows you a little outlet for your, for your fidgetiness and helps you like keep your mind calm. And I was like, all right, you do you, girl. And now she has all the fidgets. Yeah. Well, she's starting a business. Yeah. And her Instagram is hilarious. Yeah. The stuff she posts.
2: When you guys were on this trip, this is the second time you've gone to Harry Potter World or Universal, I guess.
0: Because this was her Christmas present two years ago, too. Yeah. I'm recycling the perfect. same present. and it was She loves it. And it was so fun going again. Like, it's mm-hmm. definitely not just a one-time thing. Like, going again when we knew all the ins and outs now was... What was you
2: wanted fun. to do, where you wanted to be. And I
0: love that she had the confidence to wear her Harry Potter robes this time. I know. The last time she didn't. Huh. And That's this funny. time there was, like, no question. Like well, Dad, I need my Harry Potter robe.
2: (laughs) Well, and in that, it was funny because my friend had borrowed it for, she has two Mm -hmm. of them, and she'd borrowed both of them for Halloween. And Penny tells me the night before, well, I need my Harry Potter robes. I'm like, oh, crap. (laughs) But my friend brought it back and it was all fine. But I just thought it was funny. Yeah, it was fun. But one of the things I was thinking about while you guys are there and seeing all the pictures and the fun times is I know so many co-parents have a hard time Finding the joy in that for their, the other, other kid, and, for yeah. the kid and
0: the other parent. Yeah.
2: So watching their kid go do something fun like that. Sometimes it can be really hard. I was yeah. a little
0: jealous.
1: <laughs> yeah. Actually, I've been to Harry Potter world once. That's enough for me.
2: <laughs> you were really grumpy that day. It was not a good day. <laughs> but just I'm always so grateful that I've been able to change how I think about these experiences so that it's pure joy. Of I'm so happy that you and Penny get to go have this time together and happy that you make an effort to do this and whatever, even if it's not with me and I don't get to experience it. And I know you feel the same. I do.
0: And I I also experience that jealousy sometimes of like, well, this is something I wanted to do with Penny or.
2: Yeah. But. But it takes work and intention. Right. To say, okay, it's fine. I get to do other things with her or. All that really matters is that my kid gets to be happy
0: uh, and I know we've said this before, but for me it kind of changes it from a instead of me now taking penny to do this thing now that she's done it with you guys, if and when she and I go do that same thing, it'll be her taking me, yeah, like oh daddy, let me show you this part and, oh, and we get there you're gonna be so excited about this thing and it changes the perspective. Where she's now leading the way because she's the one who has experience with whatever that thing is. And it's just a different way to experience something. Still very fun.
2: And a good way to think of it. Yeah. And you're Change like the changing the mindset. Changing now my daughter story. gets to take
0: me to Harry Potter world. Mm-hmm. I just have to pay for it. All in due time, Steve. She's got a fidget business, right? (laughs) Revenue coming soon. (laughs) We'll see. So fun. It was nice that she and I. You know, I struggle. There's probably been a year or so now that I kind of went through that phase of like I don't know what to do with Penny anymore. Mm -hmm. The things we used to do together, she's losing interest in the things I'm interested in she doesn't want to do and like she's I don't know there was a phase where I felt like she and I had a hard time finding quality time together because we had different interests and we do still have different interests obviously I don't want all the same things as a 12 year old girl (laughs) (laughs) that's good but this was good it gave us a chance to to bond over things that we have in common but there were also there was twice this was only a three-day trip but there was twice. Where I was just like, all right, we both clearly need some time away from each other right now (laughs) to do the things that we both feel like doing. Mm -hmm. And like one of them was at the beach. She wanted to do her reels, her silly fidget reels. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I just desperately needed like to put in my headphones and take a walk down the beach and have some solitude because that's like, it was my absolute, one of my favorite things in the whole world to do is just put in my headphones and walk by myself down the beach and... So that's what I did. I didn't go far, obviously, because she was on the beach doing her own thing. But I was just like, this is nice that she and I can enjoy each other, but also recognize like, hey, we need a little break from each other Mm -hmm. right now. It's been a long 24 hours. We're both a little grouchy. (laughs) And to like both do our own thing and kind of recharge in our own way. And then I came back feeling like way more relaxed and more myself and feeling like I got what I wanted out of our little beach visit. And she's like, Daddy, I have all the best reels now. I don't know which ones to post first. (laughs) So she clearly got what she wanted.
2: Well, good. Yeah, That's awesome. Yeah, I just worked all weekend. So did Matt. Well, you guys were gone, basically. That's all right. Sometimes that's what Matt and I love to do. (laughs) Okay. Today's topic also kind of goes along with, well, it does go along with the theme of this month. We are going to be talking about times when we have interacted with church leadership and we're gonna <laughs> Steve said he's sharing the best worst and funniest experiences <laughs> in those things and also I feel like I have a couple of things that I want to share of just when I was a leader that I feel like life has prepared me for those moments and just so yeah that's what we're sharing
0: and by church leadership I think we should give a little background if you're referring to like a bishop or a Corn president or something that is someone who's in a position to kind of oversee that part of the church congregation, right? Like someone that yeah, someone right. that we turn to as a spiritual leader or whatever. Yeah. Yep.
2: So church th- clergy, church leadership, bishops, stake presidents. Yeah. Young women's presidents, whatever it is.
0: Okay, so where are we starting? <laughs> Just go ahead. I think you should go first.
2: You want me to start?
1: Yeah.
2: Okay. So the one experience that I really thought of, I've been in our church, they have different organizations and I've been the Relief Society president. I was the Relief Society president for a hot minute when I was married to Steve, right after Penny was born. And
0: Relief Society president is the one who oversees all All the the adult women in the congregation.
2: I've been the Young Women's president, which is- So right
1: after Penny was born. So down in Belize? Yeah. Okay.
2: Not for very long. Well, it was right before she was born until just after she was born and then we moved. And then I've been Young Women's President a couple times, which is over the girls 12 to 18 years old. And then I've been the primary president, which is over the kids. But last time I was Young Women's President, I had the opportunity to, you know, share my story more. I felt like these girls should be given a realistic view of what life is like. I felt like growing up, I was taught that, you know, you, you follow this path, you do the right things, you keep the commandments, you marry a returned missionary, somebody who's been on their mission and come back.
0: You stay married.
2: And then, yeah, you stay married. And then it's gonna, like you marry the returned missionary and it's just gonna work out. Bliss. Bliss.
0: Eternal happiness. (laughs) And
2: I knew that wasn't really how it worked, that it wasn't just gonna be perfect. It was gonna take work and effort. But I had no idea that this would be my story, nor had I ever heard or seen somebody's story like mine.
0: Little did you know what you were in for. (laughs)
2: And so one of the things I really tried to share is just be honest about, you know, the fact that I was divorced. Not that I like threw it out there all the time or shared too many details, but just appropriate amount. And also the fact that Steve is gay and that he and I still had a good relationship and we are friends because I wanted these girls to know that if they identified as queer, that I was a safe place because I knew how Steve struggled. And one of the girls while I was in did come out I think was you know in those teen years she's trying to figure out how she identified she knew she wasn't yeah who she is and she came out as lesbian and then bisexual and i was just very grateful that i had already spoken up that she already knew i was an ally before then and that i could show up at her house and tell her and she would know i was genuine that i loved her and that she was more than welcome we wanted her there. We enjoyed having her there. And that I knew she would feel that was true and real because of how I'd already been living.
0: Did she come out to you personally or did she come out to? No, publicly? she came out
2: like to her mom and several other like people knew. But it was it now was, known. It was common in the, knowledge. In the ward. She was posting pictures, you know, she went to prom with a girl mm. and all those things or to a dance with a girl. And it was like, cool, you know? And, but she also, wasn't coming as often. And so I just wanted her to know. And we we have a tiny young women's, like the group was small and she was so fun. And she, when she wasn't coming, I we really missed her. And so I just wanted her to know that she was welcome. And in that visit, I mean, she, I knew she felt it. And I was grateful for that opportunity.
0: You know, I hate to admit this, but looking back, I, when I was young, I had such a judgmental perspective of I'm changing the subject a little bit here, but of families that were divorced mm-hmm. and so jumping back to you, making a point to make it known that you that this is your second marriage and that you mm-hmm. did go through a divorce and that 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 this is someone that they can you know you are someone they clearly look up to and and admire and enjoy and and see as a leader and to know some of the things you've been through like that that breaks at least like in my. Young, ignorant mind of someone who oh, they've been divorced. They, I mean, I literally like viewed someone as almost like a second-class citizen in the ward. I was so judgmental towards. I can relate to that, Steve. Like I, I can relate to it in the sense
1: of if there was somebody in the ward who was divorced and possibly remarried, like I always had it in the back of my head. Like, would my parents be okay if I went over to their house? Right? Isn't kind I, of thing. Yeah,
0: you know, and, and obviously that's I don't know where that perspective comes from. But I know no one intended to teach us that. Correct. In fact, they intended to teach us the opposite of, you know, love one another and everyone's equal. And But somehow that was a message you and I both got.
2: I think this is how the message gets there, is that I think when we were younger in church, they were scared to teach anything that wasn't just the norm or the ideal. Mm-hmm. So we heard about, you know, well, you get married, you stay married, you... Whatever, which is great. Ideally, that's how it works. And hopefully, you know, I hope the best for everybody. Yeah. But they, I think people, we were nervous to teach anything else or to even share a story that was a positive experience of divorce because that might make somebody feel like, oh, it's okay to get divorced when it is okay to get divorced in certain situations. And so I think that was something that they strayed away from and is something that we're getting better at talking about.
0: Is to not only showcase the people and the families that meet this ideal standard, but to also showcase people who are great people who haven't been able to just live that blissful, ideal life.
2: Well, and when it comes down to it, nobody is living a perfect life. And it's one
0: thing that always bothered me a little bit about church culture was to try and project this ideal Mm-hmm. family on the surface when in fact none of us have that none of us are like why not be realistic and just like like there's benefit to be had by sharing some of the things you've been through and letting people know like like this is someone you look up to you admire you want to be like them and they've been through shit yeah there's something very inspiring about that piece of information as opposed to looking up to someone that you think you're putting on a pedestal because you're like I could never be like them because they're perfect Yeah, and they've had it perfect but no that's not the case like I think there's benefit in letting it be known the things you've struggled with and do struggle with so that you being like you whoever you are yeah is an attainable realistic thing for someone who might only be seeing you from the outside and feel like that is an unattainable thing I don't know if I
2: you said well but well and that's one of the reasons I feel like I try to speak up in church about our situation because most people most people in the ward or in our church congregation, when they meet us, they don't know. I mean, it's not like they think anything. They see us and they're like, oh, look at this nice little family. And Matt and I both had experiences where we've shared our story and then people are like, oh my gosh, I had no idea you'd been married and divorced. I just thought they were all your kids. Y'all are freaks. (laughs) (laughs) I've never had anybody (laughs) say that to me at church. (laughs) I'm sure people have thought it, but... (laughs) But I think there's good in that. And I know that I really look up to and respect the people in our ward who have shared their stories of what they've been through. Like Those are the people I feel the most connected to. And so I think as leadership, instead of being scared of sharing the hard things, give an example of how you go through the hard things and still make it through. That's been my experience. I also know from that, that Matt and I, we've had people come to us who In our church, we believe in something called priesthood blessings, which is just a blessing from a member of the church who has the priesthood. And we've had people come to Matt asking for priesthood blessings who aren't active members of the church, who identify as gay or who are gay, I should say. And yeah, I think that's been a really cool experience.
0: Yeah. Why do they come to you, Matt? Or what's the situation there? I mean, as much as you feel like sharing.
1: I mean, I. I take that as a compliment that they feel safe to come to me and say, hey, I'm struggling
0: and I know that you know my backstory and yet, yeah, I don't know. I get that. Like someone who is in a position of wanting to get some added help with whatever it is they're going through and therefore wanting a blessing from someone who has a priesthood. And thinking through who in my life could I go to yeah. to get that from and if you're that person, that is an honor.
1: Yeah, because typically growing up in the church, if you want that and you typically go first your dad, mm-hmm. your father growing up. If you're not living close to your father Or if he doesn't have the priesthood. Or if he doesn't have the priesthood, then you know, there's other avenues of people who you can you can ask. But at times I think that there are people struggling and wanting a blessing of comfort that may not feel comfortable sharing hey this is what i'm going through i want to be transparent with you and i honestly know that that giving those blessings like they haven't been my words that have come out it's been and i remember specifically a couple of times where i've given a blessing and after the blessing there's just tears dropping down the face of that individual knowing that they probably heard what they needed to hear. And I have no idea what it was. Anyways, hmm. it's the comfort level of knowing that I'm an ally. I've been taught to love one another. Mm-hmm. And that includes everybody.
2: Yeah. And people know that. And so people who have been raised in the church and have maybe left the church because they're queer or gay or whatever, however they identify Feel comfortable coming to Matt because they know who he is, but they still want that connection to to, to a their, blessing, yeah. So to a blessing that, that
1: I truly believe that they're entitled to,
2: yeah, for sure.
1: You know, they're, it's coming from their father in heaven. So,
0: well, good for you for putting a message out there that makes it known that you're someone people can come
2: to. Yeah, it's been cool. Along with that, so we're gonna, like I said, Steve's gonna share his best, worst, and funniest experiences. And I think we should okay. go worst because you and Matt actually share the person. You both have a worst experience with the same person. And then best and funniest because then it ends it on a, on a positive note.
0: I think I've shared all of mine, so these will be repeats. That's but... okay.
2: And then I was thinking about my experiences and it's interesting to me because I talk to a lot of clergy in both of my marriages of, hey, I feel lost, I'm struggling what do I need to do? Just looking for advice in my marriage. And a lot of times women in our church feel like whatever the clergy says, whatever they advise is hard and fast. That's what you do. That's how you show up. And for me, I always felt like if it resonated and I left thinking, oh yeah, that was that feels right. Then I was like, okay, I'm going to keep going or I'm going to switch this that I'm doing, whatever. But I had several times where I would leave and I'm like, you have no idea what you're talking about. Like you did not hear a thing that I said. I do not feel seen. And that's not their fault. It's just, and honestly, I feel like sometimes that's what I needed to know is that what I was already doing or what I felt was right for me. And this person giving me advice otherwise gave me that confirmation of myself that I didn't have to go do what they said just because they were my church leader. But I got to have that own peace of mind.
1: We can only give advice a lot of times, like true advice, is only if we've been through it ourselves. Yeah. And know what those experiences are. Or done a massive amount of studying and researching as to people in this position, here's how
2: Mm -hmm. this went. Okay, Steve.
0: And I'll add a third thing to that, which I have my own views on my feelings about this, but in the Mormon church, it's taught that the bishop... Or stake president, or whoever this leader is, is inspired to give you counsel that doesn't come from them. That isn't advice of man. That it that they are the vessel sharing with you the counsel that comes from God. I have my own feelings about whether or not that's true, but (laughs) I know that's the kind of the intent behind. Mm -hmm. That's why, like going to a bishop and confiding in them with what you're struggling with in life and getting counsel from them, you're kind of relying or hoping on the fact that they're going to have some inspiration to share with you that is more than just their own experience <laughs> yeah. and their own views. And I would say the caveat with that is that we also know that they're men
1: mm-hmm. and that they can be led astray and not, you know, have all of the answers.
2: Yeah.
0: And also what a tremendous amount of pressure is put on the people that are oh placed gosh. in those callings. Like I
2: can't imagine as a bishop and
0: I mean, I wasn't ever a bishop, but as a missionary in Bolivia, people would come <laughs> as a 19-year-old kid, like like I knew Jack Squat, but people would come with like serious problems. And I feel oh, like yeah. this is more of a common thing in like a, if you were in like a third world country, the missionaries were just kind of viewed as like the ultimate spiritual leader and they're the ones to go to with your problems. And yeah. I mean, how many? I'm That's sure right. you can relate, Matt. I know you're nodding your head and it's like... Good grief, what the heck am I supposed to have to say about these people's marital problems or something? I'm 19 and closeted and-
2: I'm just, yeah, I'm 19 <laughs> in, in the closet.
0: <laughs> but so I, I do want to say that. of I, looking back now, I definitely probably should have given more grace to any of my bishops or spiritual leaders of- I will say though, Steve, that I had a companion who came out gay mm-hmm.
1: after his mission. And so he was closeted during his mission. And he still, obviously, we had some of the most awesome lessons together. Mm-hmm. And he taught me so much mm-hmm. about the gospel and about life.
2: It so, doesn't matter where you're at. You still no, got something to give. Absolutely. But maybe not exactly <laughs> the marital advice that they needed. Yeah,
0: just something <laughs> I had zero experience with, <laughs> yeah. but was expected to offer solutions and advice.
1: And Well, ultimately, I think as missionaries... Like, what is it ultimately that we're trying to convey and preach out to the world is love. Mm -hmm. And that's it. And so I think a lot of times people around the world look at missionaries as, okay, these guys know about love. Like, (laughs) (laughs) like, well,
0: we have no idea about being married or anything. Right. And if nothing else, it's, you know, this is a person who clearly is trying to do good. Yeah. In whatever form that is and is dedicating their time and their energy to do good. So surely this is someone I could trust to try and help me. And become vulnerable with.
2: (laughs) Well, and sometimes I feel like people just need to feel seen and heard. Yeah. And that's really all they need in the moment. It's not like they're looking for some great advice or anything, just somebody to listen for a minute. They need to
0: talk it out. Yeah. Yep.
2: And then move on. Yeah. Okay. And I
0: guess just my one point with that is, is with giving grace to church leaders is they are men. And honestly, yes. I looking back in my time in the church, is I don't know that I understood that and gave them that. Like I expected them to be the vessel that shared with me the counsel of God kind of a yeah. thing. Like I had very high expectations of yeah. I wanted, you know, like Jessica, you said. You wanted said, this
2: direct revelation yeah, and, through this and person. Yeah, and
0: you said, Jessica, that you would walk out of them thinking, no, that was not good advice for me. And that's not, <laughs> that's not what I needed to hear. I don't know that I ever, like, I took it as, like, law, whatever they said. And I would have, I don't think I had the wherewithal and the maturity to sort through and to reconcile what I was just told in there probably really isn't the best thing for me. Like, I had to just believe it was 100%. I don't know. It was A lot of people feel that way.
2: And that's something that I think is a disservice as well that we take on us, that we feel like, well, my leader said this, I have to do this. Mm Mm-hmm. I have to stay in my marriage even though this is going on and all these things and, and that's very damaging.
0: I'll be viewed as disobedient in God's eyes if I don't yes. follow this bishop's counsel. Yes. It was very black and white. Obviously,
2: for me I'm not sacrificing enough. I'm not giving myself enough. Like, I hear mm-hmm. this all the time and it's yeah. like, oh, it makes me sad.
0: But this does kind of lead to best. So, I, my best, worst, funniest reason I brought that up was just because specifically referring to me going to a bishop and coming out to them and talking to them about my struggles the best response I got was from, uh, you know which bishop this is, Jessica. Bishop but in Colorado. His, I came out to him and he was silent for a minute and said, I'm going to need to do some research on this. This is the first time I'm dealing with this. I don't have any information to share with you about how you should proceed with this. So can you give me a week to do a little research and let's meet again in a week? To me, that was Great. Mm-hmm. Of him owning up to the fact that he's a man who doesn't have this experience, hasn't been through it, and doesn't want to give me in- incorrect counsel. So I very much respected that and I appreciated it. And he was a great source of help for me when I was in his ward.
2: Well, and I think he created a lot of trust in that moment he did. that, and he wanted to understand. He wanted to know more. He wanted to genuinely help and not just.
0: He's like, not just going to BS his way let through his ego it. And step exactly. In. Ego of, well, I'm the bishop and, you know whatever i say is i should you know.
2: know right now so i'm just gonna say this and, yeah yeah That's
0: so that cool. was to me that was very smart and i commend him for that um
2: the worst worst
0: <laughs> i shared this once before but it was just the advice that wait 15 years when you're 45 your oh, yeah I your sex drive this. will go away and then you and your wife will be fine so just white knuckle it for the rest of your
2: at 45 you know,
0: just yeah,
2: we only have six years <laughs> left, Matt. Until <laughs> y'all, y'all your better, sex drive is gone, y'all
1: better get busy. Guess what, Jess? <laughs> that was false statement.
2: <laughs> I'm so glad uh, that's a false statement.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah,
2: but you do and, hear so often of statements like that being made.
0: But and that's an example of
2: he's not helping. That may yeah. be
1: his own experience. I was going to say that is his is a
0: own thing. Prime example of someone. Saying, well, this is how it is for me, so that's how it's gonna be for you. And that is why you're so grouchy, huh, son? (laughs) 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 So I feel bad for him. No sex drive since he was 45.
2: That's young. That'd be a bummer. And that's the thing, too, is with this same leader that told Steve this, Matt had a different experience after Matt and I were married that Matt was very turned off by. And we talked about this as well when Matt and I went in to get like our ceiling ready to go to the temple and all of that, who we were very much, Matt was dismissed, like yeah. not even talk to.
1: Yeah, I remember that story. You've shared it in the podcast. Yeah, that was my worst experience is that Jessica got to go in and have this whole conversation and
0: you, I was ready to go, like, let's cause, talk. Because clearly there was a side of this that you needed to yeah. get some counsel on and talk through and yeah, I was totally that totally wasn't, dismissed. wasn't like, offered to you.
1: Nope, I don't need to talk to you. I and, already know everything that I need to know. Hmm. See so, ya. Yeah. yeah. What? Yeah. If anything, I felt like maybe both of us should be pulled in together. Yeah. To talk through this as a couple. To counsel together as a couple. Yeah. <laughs> but I wasn't even given that opportunity. Probably left you feeling
0: like you
2: were the bad guy. Honestly, yeah. that probably would have been a good opportunity for both of us because so what the thing was is what was happening was Matt and I were going in to get our marriage. Sealing. Sealing. Like you get, to get a, the sign off
1: to from him. You get the sign off so that you saying that temple. we're ready to go Correct. to the
2: temple to get sealed. And I had gone into the bishop and talked to him, and Matt had gone into the bishop and talked to him. And I had already talked to the bishop and cried my eyes out because Matt and I were struggling. And we've, we've talked about this on the podcast. There's no, <laughs> we both owned that. But then I went in to talk to the stake president. And again, I fell apart. And I thought, and this is the thing he said that was right in all of this is, and I appreciated is that he said, listen, getting sealed isn't just gonna fix this. Like Correct. you guys getting sealed, but and this is what he said to me. And Matt should have been given this opportunity to hear all this as well, is where it kind of went downhill. And I in that moment super appreciated that somebody seen that because it obviously didn't feel right to me if I was such a mess about getting sealed, which should have been this exciting happy moment for Matt and I in our marriage and was when we did it at the right time. But he just listened to me. He said, there's no way I'm letting you get sealed to this man until I can look you in the eyes and you can tell me that you're happy. And it's interesting to me because I had met with him as well when Steve and I were dating and all of that. He was very aware of me and very attentive, which is so interesting because you guys had such different experiences with him than I did.
1: Yeah, just I felt the exact opposite Yeah, where you felt like he was aware of you. Yeah, you felt seen. Mm-hmm. I felt totally swept under the rug. Yep. You're nothing to me. And you're not even worth the time to for this
0: 15-minute appointment that you had scheduled. And
1: I remember back, because I did call him out on that. You I did? S- yeah. When we had our next interview, I said, how come you didn't give me the opportunity to come in and meet with you? And he said, well, I felt as though this is something that you could get through with the help of your bishop.
2: Hmm.
1: But I said, look, that wasn't the circumstance. The circumstances I have the interview with you. Yeah. And that's all I was expecting.
2: I mean, yeah. and I think about what happened after this interview is Matt completely shut down because he didn't. Oh, you for didn't, like a full week. You didn't feel seen. I left, like literally left Matt a note and was ready to move out of the house and be done with our marriage. And not that it was his actions that got us there, but maybe sitting down and having a conversation with one or both of us, like with Matt or both of us together, could have at least eased that situation because then it was just like Matt didn't get to talk to him. We didn't talk about it. So I felt Matt there was fuming. there was no
0: path of how do you guys move forward.
2: Yeah. How how do we smooth Which this left over me now?
1: Feeling I'm totally the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's only me and I am the problem. Yeah. And that's why I shut down.
2: And this is, again, somebody who's not trained in this marriage man, counseling. wasn't a marriage counselor, didn't know how to and, work through all this. And so, yes, we should give him some grace. And,
0: and, and I do want to say a lot to put on him. This, I think this I really believe this is a good man. I don't think he mm-hmm. had ill intent oh, yeah. for either of us. I mean, he's in other aspects of our lives. and He's a great I, guy. He, he is. He's a great guy. He just, he was not well equipped to handle either of these scenarios. And the pressure was put on him to do so. And I can't fault him for, I wouldn't want to be in those scenarios. I've never been a stake president or a bishop or anything, and obviously never will. But I, I can't imagine being put in a scenario where problems like that of. <laughs>
2: We're already that, on the edge, on the brink of storming. Yeah,
0: of basically, hey, here are, here's. This marriage, two different <laughs> marriages that involve the same woman, <laughs> both of which are on the brink. And you are expected to offer the counsel that will save it. Like, Help us. That is a lot
2: <laughs> of us. pressure.
0: So I feel for the guy. So I feel no ill will towards him. But, but it was literally the worst, my worst interaction with a church leader because uh. of how I walked away from that feeling completely un... Just, just like you did, unseen. Matt. Like so There was unseen, like no... Hope. Hopeless. Yeah. No yep. light at the end of the tunnel. There was no hope. You yeah. were the problem. And I was the problem. This can't change. And I can white knuckle it for 15 years. Yeah, it'll change it you 45. Yeah. <laughs> and you have no sex drive. Yeah. <laughs> right. That was the only option provided is either is just to deal with this white knuckle it for that many years and just forego a sex life. Anyway.
2: So I guess the point of sharing this right here and our experiences that were negative and positive is that they're men. They're going to make mistakes. Trust your own gut on some of I'm going to throw a correction there.
0: They're human. I know you didn't mean man, but they're human. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I did not want anyone to misinterpret what you were saying.
2: They're human. They're going to make mistakes like we all do. And to give them grace, to give yourself grace in those moments too of recognizing, Mm. oh, but that doesn't feel right. And I feel like crap right now. What just happened wasn't okay.
0: Right. Yeah. And seen that. I didn't get to share my funniest. Yeah. No, we're going to share oh, our funniest. Okay, we good. wanted to end Go on a positive
2: note. Now, your I, funniest, now I can think please, of two, actually. <laughs>
0: okay, so one was moving into Jessica and I after we divorced, when I was moving back here to try again with you and date for those six months, five months, whatever it was. Sitting down with that bishop on day one and saying, Hey, in Boise, in Boise, saying, Hey, I'm moving into your ward tomorrow. <laughs> I'm just moved back to Boise. I'm trying, t- I'm dating my ex wife. I'm gay. I had an affair. I'm still in love with this man, but I've left him and I'm trying to get back with my wife and we're trying to work through this. <laughs> this you know, poor
2: bishop. <laughs> It's a lot
0: to dump on a dude's plate. And bless his heart, the most confident response ever, just like, you're in the right spot and I'm the right bishop for that and I've got the experience with this and we're going to get you through this and we're going to make this happen. Like <laughs> nothing to worry about. Like we are good. Basically just like, I'm sure that was a horrible impression and don't quote me on that, but just all the confidence in the world, just like didn't bat an eye, wasn't the least bit concerned or overwhelmed, just like, we got this. We're going to get you through this, Steve. You guys are going to live happily ever after.
2: <laughs> and we did. just not how we planned. <laughs> yeah. And
0: I'm not saying this to make fun of him. It was no. It was just, I loved his absolute confidence and just zero trepidation about, you know, just he was ready to tackle this and we were going to get through this together and bam, done deal. We got it planned out. Perfect. On to the next thing.
2: <laughs> how did you feel leaving his office?
0: I felt good. I did. I there you go. I was glad to know that I had a bishop who, and jumping onto the same same theme here is I, I felt very seen. Is yep. I knew dang well he wasn't going to shy away from dealing with this head on with or, me, or and, even having a conversation with you. Right. right? You knew that you could converse with him. Right? Clearly, this was not a topic he was going to have. I didn't need to tiptoe around anything. He was he was ready for it all. Yep. <laughs>
2: Well, and I think it's interesting that his approach and your experience that you shared that was a good experience were very different, but you came out feeling the same from both of them. So like the other bishop in Colorado was just Mm, like, I don't uh know, but I want, I'm going to get information. I'm going to do some studying. I want to understand. And I felt uh, (laughs) like I had
0: someone in my corner.
2: Yes, you felt seen. And like, okay, he cares enough to take the time to figure this out. And the other bishop who is like, I've got this. We are good. I'm here for you. And all confident in whatever. You're right. in the right place. You felt the same coming same out of thing. both of those, which yeah. is I awesome. I felt like I had someone in my corner mm-hmm. who
0: was ready to help me tackle this.
2: Yeah. The other great. funny
0: one is when we were in Belize. And <laughs> after we'd been there for, you know, a long time.
2: And this was right. I mean, when we moved to Belize, just before we moved to Belize was when Steve finally accepted the fact he was gay and talked to me about it. hmm like and I talked to this and branch you president, to the branch president.
0: It's the equivalent of a bishop, just slightly different title. but anyway, I told him all the details right up front and and then I got all the callings. You and I both got all the callings, and we were doing a zillion things with that little branch in Belize, and super, like hyperactive in the church as well. Oh, we were. yeah, we were. <laughs> and it wasn't a very much of a talking point for most of the time we were there between he and I, other than you know, we had a ton of interaction managing working on all these things in the branch but at some point months or a year later or whatever I was struggling and and opened up to him about it and he just kind of like took a step back and looked at me and said you know and this was referring to I was struggling with feelings of being gay and how to handle this and he took a step back and said are you still struggling with that? (laughs) (laughs) Like I hadn't brought it up in a while so it must have just gone away. (laughs) Are you still gay? (laughs) Yeah. Uh
2: a funny yeah, dude he
0: was a very funny dude and, a <laughs> lot. and what were your feelings with that reaction i'm <laughs> pretty sure i just laughed and
2: <laughs> <laughs> were you feeling the same though kind of because i know when we were married you thought it would go away
0: i sure hoped it would and so with were you kind of? Sirs, feeling like, i really thought the harder i work in the church and the more callings i have and the more people i do affect for good and the more you know more 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 more, more. i've got to work so hard for this and this sacrifice everything to make up for this big flaw of mine and hope that the Lord will take it away from me. and
2: Which is so common.
0: And it was so disappointing time and time again when I had to accept the fact that this has not gone away at all. It's gotten worse.
2: I'm still married to a woman. (laughs) (laughs) Still not sure I want to be married to a woman.
0: (laughs) But I I had a very personal relationship with this branch president. Oh, yeah. And and to the point that I just knew it was not in his wheelhouse. So I guess I did at this point. You know, I said I didn't really have that ability to like discern between... What is the black and white? But yeah. I, I guess I did in this case. Is I just kind of knew he this wasn't, wasn't. going to have mm-hmm. the life experience or the capacity to really, you know, he could be supportive, but he just he wasn't going to be able to give me counsel on this specific topic that. Yeah,
2: was that was really real. going to resonate.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I guess I just knew him well enough that I got that. I guess I did kind of differentiate man versus the leadership calling that was placed yeah. on him. And
2: are you still struggling with that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right next week we are going to have an awesome interview with <laughs> someone who specifically helps church leaders do their thing to progress to have greater understanding to have greater empathy and I am super excited for our interview with him
0: next week we're going to record or next week after this airs
2: next week after this airs Steve <laughs> okay confused (laughs) (laughs) time is hard if I'm saying this while we're recording it means next week for our listeners don't worry about it it. I'll talk to you after (laughs) when are we recording with him yeah in two weeks Steve
0: all right two (laughs) weeks for us one week for y'all
2: actually it's next week we're (laughs) recording with him next week (laughs) great (laughs) okay have a great week
0: or two (laughs)
2: all right you guys thanks for listening here at husband-in-law and the bold logic we believe that there are six values that can really make your relationship amazing and take it to the next level those values are love appreciation acceptance kindness respect and understanding today i wanted to give you guys a challenge for appreciation We want you guys to go and let somebody know that they're appreciated today. That can be as simple as sending a text, writing a letter, making a phone call. Maybe you pick up something special for them at the grocery store. Just something small to let them know that you're thinking about them and you appreciate what they're doing. We've encouraged you to do this before and we're going to extend this challenge again. Go do it today. A little appreciation goes a long way.